You are out of your goddamn mind. I'm taking my business elsewhere. Thin, cisgender, able-bodied, conventionally attractive white woman. Asterisk, fat minus one or two privilege check marks. The fuck? So what do these two situations have to do with identity politics and cultural appropriation? This up next on Gen X. Welcome to Gen X, the podcast about life, love, and liberty in 21st century America with a little burn. We provide education for the generations, and today we bring you identity politics and cultural appropriation, our favorite subjects I know as Gen Xers. And it's a really safe topic to talk about in today's political climate. Not. So today we're going to get started with Ryan Long and the boys cast as he so pointedly demonstrates in this video what it's like to live enmeshed in identity politics. So uh, trans people are in the news this week after I received a package from Amazon with trans pride tape on it. What well, is this? it's kind of interesting because I actually ordered a package from Amazon and I got straight pride tape. So it's what? very possible that Amazon is sizing up the people and their purchases. And then, you know, they have extensive you think applying something. Well, they saw that you're ordering cooking supplies and apron for a man. That was not what I was ordering. I was ordering Bibles and Bible supplies. Well, you might have been ordering the Anderson Cooper Bible because when they see what I was ordering, which was a shirt with Anthony Fauci with uh, devil horns and then Rand Paul was sort of in the corner with an angel and he he was doing like a flex on and then they give you situation. straight pride they sent tape. me straight pride tape i've made many purchases and this is the tape i've got they sized me up they saw that i was ordering shrapnel from 9-11 they saw that i was ordering january 6 commemorative bullhorns and this is what i get no i was ordering bible and bible supplies that was that should have been my tape if you were ordering bible and bible supplies you would have got the adam and eve not adam and steve that's tape, exactly which what i got when i ordered my my pillow mug you bought my pillow much merch? well yes i have what? 35 my pillow so i don't need any more pillows, but I still want to support the company, so I bought one of their mugs. Is that a problem? No. And if you had done the Sounds same, great, you probably would have had this. Instead, they saw your sexuality, they said it best it's wishy-washy, uh, no. and they <laughs> send you the LGBT tape. Ridiculous, Amazon. I'm canceling my Prime subscription. We have today Mark Norman in the studio. And I know what you're all thinking. Comedy! So that's comedy, right? But you know, it wouldn't be funny if there wasn't truth embedded that's what makes comedy and satire so incredibly fun um so if it wasn't for the skit it wouldn't be possible if if we weren't enmeshed in this identity politics climate if identity politics wasn't such a driving force in society uh, this this video wouldn't even be made wouldn't even be funny but it's incredibly relevant today so identity politics cultural appropriation Wow. I bet you're as sick of this shit as I am, aren't you? Bursting at the seams. This podcast has been a very long time in the making. One would say the duration of our existence on planet Earth. It's a loaded topic, and I don't even know where to start, so I'm just going to pick somewhere in this vast array that we have, this sea that we're swimming in, of identity politics. I think we'll start from personal experience and throw in a little example or two to give you a sense of what we mean here 
but I think you are painfully aware of identity politics and cultural appropriation if you're listening to this podcast. So I want to talk about a topic that's been really bothering me for some time now. As a college-educated, licensed professional who is sick and tired of seeing mediocrity promoted, I busted my ass academically and professionally to get where I am, and I'll be damned if some crybaby comes along, takes my suit, and runs with it toward the spoils that I earned. And if you're like me, you're sick of this shit too. What is this shit? Well, it's identity politics and cultural appropriation. You can be anything, you can say anything, you can do whatever you want, and just say that you're living your authentic life. But are you? So let's ask from a Gen X perspective, right? That's what we do here. So accepting yourself, self-acceptance. Not only is that what we counselors practice and try to help our clients understand so that, you know, we can live a life and not have that guilt, that tyranny of the shoulds, all those underlying unconscious forces, unconscious forces that work on us, right? So accepting yourself is the essence of Gen X, right? It is. It's what we're all about. We spearheaded the self-acceptance movement. We didn't give a fuck what you looked like, what you talked like, how you dressed, all that. We only cared about what you had to offer the community, and we accepted you on those terms. Then comes the millennial generation. They were raised on social media. We were already grown up by the time that hit. We didn't even grow up with the internet, but yet they're taking credit for growing up on the cusp of that transition. That's cute. They were babies. They didn't even know it was happening. Going back to the point, have you ever noticed how these identity issues always come up with Gen Y and Gen Z? The boomers, they just kind of go along with it because they just want everyone to like them like a whore. And this isn't to set a war up between the generations or anything. But this is to speak to a major cultural shift coincident with the rise of social media, the appearance, or the optics industry. Nothing is what it is. It only is what it appears. That is a very new phenomenon that happened between the 2000-2010 decades. That's when it really hit. So, what is a woman? Everybody wants to capitalize off what that means, but very few know what it's like to have been raised as a little girl. What kind of glass ceilings and limitations, what kind of deference you're raised with. It's a different plight. There are many people with plights in underserved and marginalized populations that truly need our help and support. But... That's not to say that by identifying and becoming these people that we're somehow helping. So sure, you might have your own set of challenges as someone who's queer or different, but it's still not the same thing as being raised a woman. Anybody who has compared and contrasted a man's world or a little boy's world to a little girl in a woman's world will completely know that. So 
you know, if, if you become a woman later on in life, there's a presumption that you're carrying forth that history. And that's not necessarily the case. So are you being your authentic self or are you trying to become something that you're actually not? That's up to you to decide. We're not here to tell you. But back to that authentic point. It's not the same as actually being born, say, Black, Hispanic, and then undergoing that latent and overt discrimination that people in these classes have felt for their entire life. Not by choice. Not by choice, right? So I'm going to give you an example that maybe you can relate to. There's a podcaster I know. And I got the details on how this podcast is put together. So this person is one of those millennial, let me identify and become you. It's not enough to have empathy. I actually have to become you like a black hole. So this person I know was not raised in hardship. And that's great. That's lovely. Wow. How many of us would want that? So pretending to have trauma is a very different thing than actually having it. So if you want to pretend that you have hardships, you want to write as if, you know, you're putting all your trauma out there for us, you're identifying with that and you're wanting people to give you validity and credence because of that, not because of your accomplishments, but because of how you identify, not because of actual experience too. So do you know how much pain and trauma from childhood that so many people carry into their into their workplaces, their schools, you know, they're acting out that trauma. That's very real. So if you identify with that trauma, but you don't actually have it, yeah, you can go fuck yourself. So another thing with identity politics is not earning your keep, right? Like we talked about. So this podcaster is a life coach for people. And this person acts like a counselor. And that's what kind of bothers me because that's a seven plus year degree that you're working on. That's nothing to sneeze at. And it's part of the, the, the science, the medical field. So these coaches, they make a killing. It's insane. If you look at the rates that mental health counselors charge, it's crazy. It's like these coaches charge three times what a mental health counselor with seven years of higher ed. They could have nothing and just go through these little programs, right, and get their little certification. And mind you, anyone can come up with a certificate program, okay? Again, we live in the world of optics. It's all about marketing. So these coaches make a killing while actual counselors make almost nothing. Why do you think we can't make a living that way? So it's that trend in society where you can take shortcuts to what you want in life because you don't want to work for it. So I was telling my kids that the majority of my adult life has been spent in college. So that's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten plus because I'm getting a master's in digital marketing on top of the three higher ed degrees I already have. And it's tough to get a job in that climate, even when you have that. You have to have some kind of hustle. So people who play the identity politics game or they appropriate your culture, they get the spoils. Isn't that wild? So, you know, I'm just like putting myself in that same classification, right? And I'm like, uh, identity politics, I don't know about that. 
So, you know, pardon the uppity rant here, but it is just one of those things. An example, you can identify as a counselor, so you are. You can identify as a doctor, so you are. It's just really wild. So about that digital marketing degree I mentioned, coincidentally, learning about Google for analytics, right? And as I was putting this show together, I encountered something really interesting in the analytics space. So I was reading about, quote, identity spaces, end quote, in Google Analytics. Identity spaces are defined as the following by Google. When trying to understand user journeys, analytics can use several different user identifiers, such as the IDs you assign users logged into your website, Google signals, and device ID. These group of identifiers are called identity spaces. So think about that. These are identifiers. So again, you're being classified. So what package, for example, you get from Amazon, what recommendations you get are determined by that profile that's constructed about you. And that profile is based on identity politics. So I say shut the fuck up. I don't care if you identify as a snail. It does not mean you know shit. You can paint a pony and it's still a pony. So I'm learning about this tracking system and, and realizing that all of human behavior is being distilled into behaviorism, into tracking IDs. And so basically your entire personality and identity is being pegged and targeted identity politics. So the more the world is moving toward analytics, the more you will be pegged and broken down by the sum of your parts. And believe me, the magic that is humanity is way more complex than the collection of simple parts to create a whole. Even analytics acknowledges this with its use of visualization chart visualization charts. But these machine learning entities, you know, can, can they predict human behavior? Can they control human behavior? And why are we giving identity politics and algorithms so much control over our daily lives? Remember, we are individuals. We are unique. And it doesn't matter that everything's being measured and assessed. Big Brother isn't alive and well in this world and not in the world of any Gen X. Remember, there are key points that we have come back as a society time time again. And that is when there's a new technology introduced, do we embrace it? Do we push it back? That's up to you. And I want to hearken back to a couple episodes of The Twilight Zone. To serve man. You Gen Xers know this. You know this episode. This is a classic. And how incredibly terrifying it is when you realize that the humans have been duped. They were duped by the aliens promising world peace and new technology to help humanity. Yeah, that was a really hard, cold lesson for a little kid to get, but it's what we got. And I don't know if you ever put it together with The Gift. That's another episode of The Twilight Zone. And so again, you have aliens from another sphere coming to Earth offering amazing gifts to the humans. So instead of slowly warming up to the aliens, as they did in To Serve Man, in the gift, 
the humans greet the aliens with skepticism to the point where there's a translation of a note that the lead alien comes with and the humans destroy and kill this man, this alien, before they know what the note says. So after the alien is killed and the notes practically destroyed and burned almost fully, the humans pick up what remains and they see that they made a grave mistake. The aliens, it states, have come in peace and they have the cure for cancer. But that cure has been destroyed by the savage humans who didn't trust these newcomers and destroyed what they had to offer. So you have these two tales, right? On the one hand, the humans were skeptical in to serve man of the aliens at first. They slowly warm up to the point of visiting the alien planet, going there willingly, just being complete morons about it, right? Like we are now with technology, complete morons. And then conversely, you have the gift, which is, well, if you're too skeptical and you utterly destroy it, yeah, you're going to you're going to unlock, you know, you're going to lock yourself in basically to a situation where you can't advance and progress. And that's what evolution is all about. And I love the contrast between those two stories because they show that you can't on the one hand be too paranoid and completely reject everything new. But on the other hand, if you're too quick to adopt it, it very well may be your own demise. So anytime there's a new technology or a new way of life, something that fundamentally changes the way humans operate, we either embrace it or we reject it. There's no middle ground, which is really what Rod Serling has pointed to. All things in balance, all things in moderation. Things aren't inherently good or bad. It's really what you do with them, right? So you need a healthy skepticism of anything new and groundbreaking so that you can properly vet that, correct? Think of the unintended consequences and just proceed pretty logically, almost like the humans in To Serve Man, not like the humans in The Gift, somewhere in between. It's the extremes that get us, right? And always history has shown this, science has shown this, anything that's extreme fails. Why do you think this whole culture is doomed to fail? I think it. I don't know what you think. I said that. But really, I think that the culture is doomed to fail. Why? Identity politics. That's a very extreme form of finally coming to peace with what, with, with what was a very oppressive patriarchal society. I think we can all agree with that. We don't want to judge people. We don't want people to feel shame for being who they are provided they are who they are. So it's important to keep an open mind, but not so open that your brains fall out. And let me say that not every identity is to be capitalized on. That is incredibly fake and insincere. And I have seen a lot of influencers, a lot of people in a position of power and authority who number one shouldn't have it. They didn't earn it. And they don't know whereof they speak. Honestly, the content that they're producing is shit. So what are you going to do? Okay. And that's up to you to decide. I think what bothers me so much about identity politics and cultural appropriation when you're becoming that other culture, it's that it's manipulation, plain and simple, right? 
And in counseling training, we have that conversation about every act that you do to someone is basically an act of manipulation. Babies are the example that's given about how they cry to get what they need. So it's, and that's an example of good manipulation because everything we do, everything we do or say is toward an end. And that's usually to influence an other, another person or another animal. So whatever it is you're trying to influence, you are doing that. And there is a good, you know, form of manipulation, so to speak. And there's a bad form. Identity politics is is a bad form. So we have to reconcile that cognitive dissonance within ourselves. And, you know, where do we draw that line? Where do we consider it bad manipulation or good? And as an observational, sociologically minded kind of person, I study this and I've been studying it for a long time, a few decades, and I'm seeing people do the really negative, bad kind of manipulation toward an end. And it's usually really evolutionary, you know, psychology related in that it's the survival of the fittest. People are trying to get one up. And if you're a Gen X, remember, we were all about equality. We wanted everyone to have a share of the democracy pie. And that is not so in the world of the identity politics yeah, person. So the problem with social media and the democratization of broadcasting is that anyone can be a messenger and it's really easy to do. But do you want to hear all those messages from false prophets? Yeah, I don't. And so it got to me. And as a publicist, which is something I do also, um, I prop up and I promote other people and I help elevate their platform, right? So I help getting a bigger, a better audience. And I realized I really wasn't doing it for myself. I was elevating all these false prophets. So here we are. Now, I have a funny anecdote on a related note about being a fake and seer poser. That's what we're talking about here. Basically about putting a square peg in a round hole doesn't work and why you should just relax and be yourself. Remember this? The thin, cisgender, able-bodied, conventionally attractive white women? So somebody's keeping score, and I'd love to know who made this person the judge, the jury, and the executioner. So anybody can have a mic, right? Anybody can put their stuff out there. And in a related note, the person I spoke about earlier with the podcast is the person who puts their show notes together and prep in this way. to Without knowing the person, we're not intimate with these guests, to classify someone like that, that's identity politics and it's really wrong. So speaking of that square peg in the round hole, that's this person. So there is a guest that this person had and on, on their podcast and this person's totally white, super white, completely no trauma in their background. It's a great thing. Um, but they play identity politics, right? Millennial who grew they're following based on organic leads. That's really awesome. But it took that whole wokeness to make it happen. No paid advertising. It's basically an empire that everyone's building based on a facade. It's like a house of cards. 
So I'm listening to this interview and the guest is an ethnic minority. This is a black woman. Um, and the interviewer, this person I told you about was really awkward. I could tell that the interview was really stilted and you could see the wheels turning during the convo. She was acting so fake, trying so hard to seem interested and look interested because the podcast is also a video per my idea. Um, I'm not judging based on looks. This is what I know. So this person's trying really hard to relate to this person, trying to understand their plight, but it's not clicking. Why? I think because of the identity politics. It's really caused people to be compartmentalized, segregated, and put in a different place. So again, Gen X, our generation was all about cross colors, equality, mixing. We're all one human race. We have more in common than we have different. Not only does science show this, but it was the, the zeitgeist. It was the culture of Gen X. These new generations want to put people back in their little boxes. It's really, really weird. And it's really detrimental to the greater organization that is the human race. Because anytime a body is diverse and there's more opinions or perspectives or people, it turns out better. It turns out better. So we're basically making everything homogenous in, in that it's segregated and then it's not blending with the other people. So it's really weird. And I could just really see that separation going on in her mind, oh, their mind, because of course it's not okay to identify as a woman anymore or a modern woman who I identify as a woman, but I act and think like a man. That doesn't mean I need to say I'm not a woman. I can get that. I can have all these different characteristics and I don't need to change who I am. I think it's society that needs to change. So I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? thin, cisgender, able-bodied, conventionally attractive. What does that even mean? Our standards of beauty are constantly changing, you guys. So I'm like, even if these assumptions were true, what if the person spoke truth nevertheless? So what if you don't fall into this category? What if you are able-bodied, right? You are white, but you have a good point. It doesn't matter who makes the point, you know? You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That expression came about for a reason. So, you know, it's 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 like a black hole almost. There's so many layers to unpack. And it's very un-American to just peg someone, not let them show you who they are. You just know because you see them and they look a certain way and they talk a certain way. So I got your number. I got your read. No, I got the read on you. So I'm like who the fuck are you to say what is what who made you god who made you the judge jury and executioner and by the way i think you're living in a glass house so i'm just silently keeping this stuff to myself but i'm noticing right i'm noticing and then uh, on a related note i'm pretty interested in the rust case so alec baldwin as you guys have heard, he accidentally fired. It was negligence in, in all likelihood. So that's not really an accident. It's manslaughter. But, um, you know, due to poor management from his production company, um, Helena Hutchins was killed. 
cinematographer. So I'm keeping track with this case, right? Um, kind of know the region pretty well where this is going down, know all the politics, all that, trying to make sense out of it. And I happen upon Hillary Baldwin. Hillary Baldwin. Hillary Baldwin. This bitch. She calls herself Hillary, I think, to seem more important than the rest of us plebeians. Okay, so so this bitch, she bugs. And, um, you know, I I was on Twitter and I was posting about Rust. And so somebody from the subreddit of Hillary contacts me and tells me to check her out. And I knew she was a nutbag, you know, and, and she was like born... 89 or some shit she's really young and very much has the psyche of a millennial so i check out the sub and i'm like wow she really is an elitist pig a total fake a total fraud a total phony i know the type you know she's inconsistent with her conduct and of course all we know is what we see at social media but it doesn't look good and you try to reconcile it in your head okay why are you doing all these weird, you know, sexual or, you know, having a, a surrogate when you can have babies? So then you're taking resources away from people who truly, you know, cannot have a child. Um, and then next you're having one. Is it our business? No, but you're putting it out there. So she's a total nut job. And to me, when I looked at her, just from an outsider. I only know what is on the internet. I only know that what I see is a real douchebag. So in light of this context and the fact that I've, you know, got the background I had, I thought, wow, I'm, I'm really going to read you to filth. So I want you to know that we'll do a follow-up on Rust. We'll do a follow-up on Hillary and, uh, try to state the facts, but really shed light on what is very anti-genics about that one. But she's just so fake. And, and the way that Baldwin manipulated the media after the shooting was really, really gross. So it's really fucking weird. It's really backwards. And I just totally don't get it. So I think what kind of set me off, uh, you know, I make this episode finally, is that people like Hillary, people like this podcaster exist. And they're capitalizing and profiting off of somebody else's blood, sweat, and tears, basically. So that's what set me off. And I said, you know, I don't care if this is something I'm not supposed to talk about. Gen X never care about what we should, should talk about. So I'm going to talk about it. And I don't care what the consequences are because believe you me, I've lost everything. And it's because of politics. That's a story for another day. So the point is, why in the hell would someone want to become someone else? So... You know, I'm I'm checking out these other podcasters and everything because I'm just interested in talk radio. That's how I was raised. And I'm looking at this other podcaster, a young girl, about 26, really, really well-known podcast. I mean, it literally took off out of nowhere. I'm like, huh, okay. Um, so it's a globally famous podcast about mental illness. You know, I'll watch she's making light of it and kind of stereotyping mental illness. I feel like she's not really pushing the needle forward in any way, but she's this promiscuous, cute little thing. So she's got those listeners based on her looks and her connections. Come on, let's get real here. That's how the industry works. 
It's never about whether your content is good. It's always about who you know. And that's not how I was raised. I always thought it was what you know, but who's got the money in the bank? It ain't me. So anyway, I saw a clip of this bitch's podcast and she's talking about how she's single again. And my cougar era has come to an end. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, Willis? And she's all like, this era has come to an end. So guys, I'm single again. And I'm like, bitch, you're 26 years old. You have no children. You don't even have a real career. Shut the fuck up. That's what I said to myself. So I said, fine, I'm going to put this podcast out there and the cards are going to fall where they may. So that said, you know what I have to say to these people? Fuck them. I'm not bowing to them anymore and you shouldn't either. There's a Gen X rising we have on our hands here. And I'm not the only one. Look at Joe Rogan. Look at Dave Chappelle. Look at Woody Harrelson and Elon Musk. Look at J.P. Sears and Ryan Long. These guys are keeping it real. But where are the women? Where are we? I see you, Molly Golightly. Marissa, you're keeping it real. But where the hell is everyone else? Are we still too scared to stand up for ourselves as women? against this madness, this identity politics, this cultural appropriation where someone takes on your identity, your culture, your ideas, like Hilaria. She only spent summers in Spain. She wasn't raised there. It wasn't like she grew up there. She's literally naming her kids and speaking as if she has a real Spanish dialect because she wants to separate herself and become better then, as if you're not good enough as you are. Self-acceptance is at the heart of Gen X. So women, I'm calling on to you. Stand up for yourself. Don't be deferent anymore. Give yourself the mic. Give yourself a voice. And tell people what they are. We had a word for this in Gen X. Posers. These people are posers, okay? They're not living an authentic life. Trust me, in 10 years, 20 years, you have a combo with them. They're going to have gone through some kind of existential crisis, some kind of life situation. I think in some cases people are, but in other cases it's contagion, really. Contagion is a, it, it's a virus. People mimic and, you know, people are so controlled because we're entirely predictable. So if you don't want to be controlled, take the power back, give yourself a voice, and live your own life. So that said, you've just been Gen X'd. Be sure to join us next time. Who knows what topic we'll cover. We will get back to Hilaria. We will get back to Russ. And so many other things under the life, love, and liberty in 21st century America classification with a little burn. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the